welcome to Meowcore, the podcast where I, Laura, tell my cool friend Panya about the bands that I like. Meow. And that is mostly hard rock and heavy metal. Hey, Panya. Hi. Meow. We've got guests this week, Laura. Isn't that oh, great? Cool. Please allow me to present Riker Lynch and Bobby Ulrich of the... Hello. Uh, come on, brain. <laughs> of the Glass Half Full podcast. Yeah. Uh, where, yeah. Else, where else might our guests, our listeners know you from, boys? Uh, you may know me from... Uh, this is Riker speaking. You may know me from... Uh, uh, the band R5. Uh, I also play bass for the Driver Era, um, and I've been in a handful of TV shows and movies uh, throughout my career. Um, okay. And uh, most notably, though, uh, you may know me as one of the uh, Breckenridge Vipers semi-pro hockey players. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's go, Vipers. Bobby. Uh, yeah, you might have seen me uh, on a stage doing stand-up somewhere across the, the U.S. if you're, uh, you know, on this side of the pond. And uh, maybe in a or cameo in or two of... Uh... Oh, or Spain. <gasps> yes, true, true. Have you had shows um, in Spain? That's amazing. I have. Yes, I have. Um, I was running with the Bulls and, uh, you know, oh, wow. doing my thing. So, uh, But other than <laughs> that, I've, you know, catch me in some cameos of a... Riker Lynch directorial film, feature film, and uh, yeah, and, and maybe oh, yeah. on um, some weird Reddit pages. I don't know what, what's happening these days, but you know what? We're, we're <laughs> weird Reddit pages. Oh boy. All right. So this episode, I get to present the artist, and it's mm -hmm. my favorite kind of artist. Uh, the artist this time is Aurelio Voltaire. Uh, if you are a sci-fi fantasy con-goer, you almost certainly know who this guy is because he is very popular on that circuit and is one of the big draws for music people at Dragon Con every year. Probably mm. the best way to describe his style of music is goth cabaret. Mm. But in the wow, very cool. nearly 20 years I've been listening to him, it's ranged all over the place, and he is exceptionally talented at a variety of different styles of music. The first song I'd like to introduce you to, though, is actually off of his very first album back in 1998, and When You're Evil has sort of become his theme song. I don't think he performs without performing this song. He certainly doesn't do Dragon Con without performing this song, and it is the climax of the show. Uh, people get up on stage, and we sing the chorus with him, and we take the family photograph, and it's a big deal. It's also kind of, in a way, a sort of a theme song for goth people in general, I think, even if they don't know about it, because it, it just plays into the way that both the subculture is perceived in the way the subculture wants to perceive itself so mm. let's listen to when you're evil by aurelio voltaire and let us know what you think all right let's do it all right <clears throat> nice little tempo change there at the end yeah I liked it. I liked the strings a lot. The viol the violin was lovely. Yeah. We don't get that when he plays it live, which is a little sad, but Oh really? Oh, that's like the it, main part of the song. It's it is. The live version is is very different. I don't know how 
let me rephrase. When he plays at Dragon Con, we just get the guitar. Because he just it's just oh, him. He, he doesn't, doesn't bring a band. Just him. That's he doesn't that bring a band okay. to Dragon. Um, but it doesn't gotcha. matter because what he has is an entire audience of some several thousand people singing it with him. I don't know that you'd yeah, be able to hear the violin the, anyway. Uh, yeah, it's all about the participation, the audience it participation. Would be the participation. I, I see that. Yeah. And you can always tell who's new because they don't catch that pause. Uh <laughs> They'll jump in because he'll drag the paws out when he's playing live. <laughs> That's awesome. I love <laughs> you can that. Tell. Love, love a good extended pause. Yes. Satan's best soldier. Yes. Hmm. Bobby, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> well, you know, I'm usually a positive, happy-go-lucky, kind guy. But after listening to that... <laughs> I think you really want to be evil. Oh man, that was a banger. The vi- yeah. first of all, the violin is my favorite instrument. So as soon as I heard that, I was hooked because I I was immediately yeah, immersed. And then once I heard push Granny down the stairs, I think he became my new favorite art artist. <laughs> <laughs> because that that nothing that that's just the greatest line in any song or music ever made. <laughs> tripping, tripping granny down the stairs was was just uh, I, I, I don't even have words to describe how the joy I felt after hearing that one of my favorite things about the lyrics to this song is that even though it's talking about being evil at no point does he describe any truly evil acts yes yeah. I did notice that it's all, it's all kind of, of silly and yeah you can annoy somebody really badly with some of this stuff but none of it is truly evil acts yeah. But what about Granny? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Except that part. It's all things that we want to do, but we don't admit it. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of is. That's a good point. Yeah. And and, and uh, let me just say to all your viewers, any Grannies beware from now on. True. <laughs> of course, the Grannies I, I know are likely to trip you right back. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, just watched... I just watched um, Spirited with uh, Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds on Apple, you know, and he's like, he's like, it's, he's so persuasive, kind of makes you want to push an old lady down a flight of stairs. Oh, yeah. No way. Wow. No, literally, that's, that's Will Ferrell's line. We're going to start a movement. That's great. Oh, dear. Well, I think the movement's already started. You just have to come to Dragon Con and join us. Oh, what is Dragon Con, by the way? I was I was going to ask that in the beginning. It sounds so incredible. If you've heard of San Diego Comic Con, yes, Dragon Con is a is the more fan oriented version of that. Um, although I believe it's a for profit convention. Hmm. Uh, other than that, it is not nearly as industry oriented. It is much gotcha. more oriented towards the fans. It takes place in Atlanta over Labor Day weekend and overlaps with the opening weekend of college football, which can lead to some really interesting confrontations. Huh. <laughs> interesting, yeah. Uh, the, the football fans, for whatever reason, a lot of the football fans like to pick fights with the 501st Stormtrooper Brigade. And uh, a significant... See, you don't want to take a, on the well, a significant portion of the 501st is composed of military, police, mm. and emergency workers. Yeah. So, yeah, they're kind of outmatched. 
Yeah, you got one guy, one group of guys eating hot dogs, the other guys slaying dragons. I think we know how that goes down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any kind of, of science fiction fantasy thing you're interested in can almost certainly be found at Dragon Con somewhere. That's cool. We have dozens of tracks. Uh, I think they've actually started to cap membership now because we're approaching 100,000 attendees. Wow. Holy we we take over a significant chunk of Atlanta during that weekend. Take that college football. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't try to, to make fun of them because yeah. a, a huge uh, driving force behind science fiction and fantasy fandom in general is to be welcoming to everybody. Don't make fun yeah, of what great. anybody else is interested in. Yeah. You know, you may wow. not share it, but you have your own passions and they have theirs and everybody's passion is important. Mm. Um, I love that. That is so true. That's cool. So, yeah. And for me, the music at Dragon Con is a huge highlight and Voltaire is a huge part of that. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I, I remember, huge fan. I remember seeing him very early on at Dragon Con and at this point, um, because he's such a huge draw, they have actually had to to shift and change. Uh, one of the elements of Dragon Con is you end up standing in line a lot to get into a panel. And unlike Comic-Con, they clear the room in between every panel. So you will be standing in line to get into a popular panel. And so they set up little music concourse stages near some of the biggest panel rooms and artists would perform on them. And it got to the point where they can't allow Voltaire to perform on the concourse stages because he draws too many people. Oh, they wow. block the pathways. What a stud. So now he has, uh, I think it's usually at midnight or one in the morning on one of the nights, they give him one of the big panel rooms and he holds a big concert. That's awesome. Sweet. So, and well, that's, that's how you know an artist let me just made say it this at too. I saw, I looked at his Wikipedia. Handsome. Yes. I see what I can see. I can see, you know, I can see his, you know, I'm sure I can estimate his targeted demographic a little bit. <laughs> no, he really targets all of us. And some of that <laughs> is some of that is to do as as this next song leads into the next two okay. songs lead into a bit. Some of that is to do with his past experiences. Mm. Uh, a lot of folk in the goth subculture share similar experiences of being the person in their school, in their town, who dressed differently, who was interested in different things and got mocked for it, or worse. Yeah. And he has these stories of these experiences, and a huge part of what led to him becoming a musician was the fact that he ran away from home because of how bad oh, those experiences wow. were. Oh, wow. so he ran yeah. away to New York from that and he has several songs that are clearly derived and born out of this experience that's uh, night demon slayer in particular is not derived from that experience in the same way he wrote this for his first son mars who is Aww. also a performer if not the same kind i can't remember exactly he mentioned at dragon con this year that mars had won a theater award but I don't remember mm -hmm. any more than that, unfortunately. Um, it's been almost six months. But this is technically a lullaby. But as you listen, you'll understand oh. how this is connected to his past experiences. So let's okay. listen to Goodnight Demon Slayer by Voltaire. Let's go. 
All right, we got to get a petition going. This guy has to play with a violin player. All right. Mm. Agreed. Yep. Even if he's just acoustic, he you know get a violin player up there with him. It's like such a beautiful part of the song. It is. Mm-hmm. I know there and are another, violinists yeah. who've turned up to Dragon. I might have to see what I can mm. do with the film. Another track. petition I'd like to impose is to have him personally sing that to me every night before I go to bed. <laughs> just buy the CD. I was, I was sued. I was sued. Just buy the disc. Oh, that was awesome. I loved that. That was awesome. And then knowing that it was for his son, like knowing that beforehand, it was just like that was really cool to hear. Yeah. It's a nice approach to ch- children's fears and a it way is. to teach them things. Like hmm. I could almost see the kid's imagination, like like being mm-hmm. displayed within the song, you know? And imagine growing up with a dad like Voltaire, too. Oh, man. That kid's going to be a badass. He is pretty badass. But just think about, you know, the way that his house is decorated and this sort of thing. And so, in a way, you know, it almost must have felt for Mars early on that, that his fears were alive all around him, that he didn't have to imagine oh, some of these things. Oh, yeah. There would be pictures and things. And then his dad is like, no, nah, you can kick their ass. It's fine. Yeah, You're tough. Good. Like in the Adams family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he basically told him anything that happens to you, you can get out of it. Yeah. Mm. And I've always enjoyed nice. the first couple of lines of the song because you can almost hear his eyes rolling. It's a futon on the floor. And, you know, parents <laughs> yeah. totally have that reaction to their kids' fears because you don't remember as clearly how easy it is to imagine those things. And yet, as he goes on through the song, it's like, okay fine the monsters aren't real but it doesn't matter yeah keep these skills for certain people you meet yeah <laughs> I don't... even if it if it eats you you're you are armed you can cut your way out of it this is great this yeah. is great <laughs> i thought you would like that one that, yeah. that's a very uh laura kind of outlook on the world honestly Okay. I feel like it is. I feel like, the, especially the way that you've encouraged me to be, you know, with my fears is, is you, you've encouraged me to, okay, so things will go wrong. All right, we'll, we'll deal with it. It's fine. Hmm. You know? Hmm. And I know... That's good friendship right there. Uh, yeah, I know that you don't always, uh, you don't always feel like you are strong or that you mm-hmm. have made it very far, but I get to have the same perspective on you and I promise any difficulty you come up against you can you can cut it open with an axe. I'll I'll hold your cloak. You got this. Oh, thank wow. you, Demon oh Slayer. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, Riker, same to you. <laughs> <laughs> ditto, Bobby, ditto. It could be a demon slaying quartet. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Actually, um, when I married my husband, it's been a little over 10 years now, uh, I asked one of my best friends from college to do the artwork for some of our invitations. And what she produced is an image of the two of us back to back fighting off zombies. And nice. Of the same kind of <laughs> That's thing. sick. I love it. That's amazing. That's awesome. It's, it's a That's really wonderful. Enough. My mom got it framed for me. <laughs> and it, it hangs in my house. It's a really great piece of artwork. That's awesome. uh, but it's the same kind of idea of, of working together and supporting each other and believing that you can take on whatever. 
that's so cool. I'm liking this song. Let's put it in the playlist. Okay, I think you're gonna like a lot of these songs. I think you're gonna like the next one even better. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. This this song is from a disc some ten years later, and a lot of things have happened to him in the meantime. This is about the point in time when I remember he really starts to tell us at Dragon Con when he's talking about the things that have happened in his past. There was a period there where he didn't talk about it very much, and we didn't know very much, uh, and he became more open. And although this is not a song that in any way is accurate to the actual events, it is very, it's clearly accurate to what he was experiencing and feeling. And it does tie directly back into that goth subculture of not feeling like you belong. Uh, The song is called Raised by Bats. Oh, awesome. I wish. And it's the title track. It's the title track off the album of the same name from 2014. Okay. Uh, This is one of my favorite albums. It's got a lot of really good pieces on it. Um, I don't vibe quite as directly with this song because I didn't have those bad experiences. Um, I'm very fortunate in that way that even though I was different and there were people picking on me, I was rarely physically mishandled and my parents and my family were always very supportive and loving of me so I didn't feel like I needed to abandon my family I just needed to get out of that town and I did Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of people in the goth subculture who didn't have that experience Mm -hmm. and this song is kind of a, a clarion call to them that it's okay just get raised by bats so let's listen to raised by bats by Voltaire I'm all for it. I'm Batman. <laughs> I bet uh I bet that one is a fun live. Very, very fun. That's rocking and rolling right there. It's amazing. <clears throat> it's amazing. It's another one of the ones where the whole room just starts singing. Yeah, I bet, I especially that. full that band, would... if he's got a drummer and another couple guitar players, I bet that one's just cooking. That's fun. I've got to catch him on tour again. I missed the last tour he did for Black Labyrinth, and I was very sad. That was, that was like, that guy, I want to go work out right now. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Also, he's from Cuba, I saw. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. Oh, because... wow, that is cool. Yeah, yeah uh, so he was think about it, it's very different in that culture, you know, like what he's talking about. It must be, even in America, you might think it's a little more accepting, but I'm sure over there it's, you know, very different to, you know, be kind of uh, uh, how he expresses himself, I imagine. Actually, although he was born in Cuba, he did not spend very much of his life there. Uh, his father died when he was quite young and they immigrated to the United States when he was still very, very young. So Mm. most of his experiences are as an American, but they immigrated to New Jersey. Um, Mm. he's got a song called Bob, New Jersey that I think makes it very clear (gasps) his opinion of his experiences there. (laughs) Uh, well, I'm sure we'd all share the same opinion about New Jersey. You know I think so. I love New Jersey. I'm sorry. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say yeah. I actually love New Jersey. I, I, I do like New Jersey. Jersey. I just great crowds. I think it does I depend would... on where you are, like most states. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he tells us a story of how in a diner uh, he encountered some folk a little older than he was as a teenager who had just been to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Hmm. Uh, one of the late night people get interactive with it kind of screenings. And that was where he found his people. And he that inspired hmm. him to be more honest to himself. And he ran away to New York City and never looked back. Nice. Those are, that cool. show, if you get a chance to see Rocky Horror Picture Show with that kind of crowd, it's it's really fun. It's yeah. Good. I wasn't sure if I was going to like the new version that they made because how can you make a version of it without Tim Curry? And yet I feel that the new version, it's not the same. You cannot expect it to be the same. But I did feel that it managed to capture the correct spirit. Mm, yeah. I didn't know a new one existed. Yes, there there is a newer, uh, a remade version with uh, Laverne Cox as the lead character. Mm. Um, and as I say, I did find it to be very well made. It does capture the spirit. And they do have Tim Curry involved in it. Although mm -hmm. he does not or did not act very much. He's, he's not well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's just, I like this one because it's about, a, 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 I mean, the song, because it's about accepting that you are different, even different by nature. If they say I'm a freak, okay, I'm a freak, but I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. I was raised by bats. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, and then sure. you have your found family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. This reminds me of going to high school with a t-shirt of one of my favorite British bands called Whitesnake. And it was an old cover from times when uh, album art, from times when things were not politically correct and Whitesnake was not politically correct. And it's a woman riding a dragon and the woman's naked. And you can, you can see her butt on my t-shirt. And that's how I was going to high school, Epic. and I didn't I didn't get made fun of for that, but people people stared. That was fun. Oh, I'm looking at the album cover right now. I'd be staring too. <laughs> yeah, it's called Love Hunter. White Snake, that's Love a really Hunter. cool art. Bobby would be staring mm -hmm. for a different reason. Yeah. Uh, Bobby yeah, would no, not no. be confused. Bobby would be like, "Oh, interesting. Where can I learn more? I would like to subscribe." <laughs> I'd say I would love to be raised by vipers. Mm -hmm. And the first song um, about being evil, I am actually fine with some people thinking that I'm evil because that makes you respect, makes them respect you a little bit, or at least leave you alone. Hmm. <laughs> that is a true thing. <laughs> That's cool. That is a true people thing. people think you're a bit more somber when you're wearing all black. I like having that effect on them. That's never worked for me. No. Oh. <laughs> when did you wear all black? You're more of a you dress like a, a a white witch or a fairy. That's true. I, I am more pastel goth, but I do occasionally wear all black. You've seen me wear all black. Mm. I just okay. wear all black in like comfy clothes. Mm-hmm. Because I'm lazy. 
and then people tend to ask you, are you going to a funeral? And uh, I'm ready for the next time when I say, um, yes, I haven't decided who I'm going to murder. <laughs> yes. Good one. Oh, Laura. You got to get on oh, stage. Oh, don't, don't make fun of me and ask me if I'm going to a funeral. Probably. Yeah. Probably yours. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> so this last song I would yeah. like to give to you uh, is actually from an album a few years before that one. Uh, although I haven't given you any other songs for this, Voltaire is very much a nerd. He is very much a geek. And there is a subgenre of music known as filk, which revolves around either taking existing songs and turning them into nerdy things or writing completely fresh songs that are about nerdy things. Um, the most popular filk track that everybody will know is weird out star star wars songs even though he would probably say different technically by the rules of the genre those are filk so voltaire re released an entire album of nerdy songs for doctor who and star wars and star trek and firefly called bitrexual and there were a couple of songs that i was considering offering off of this album because they're all really really good and really nerdy but i thought i'd just see how much laughter i could get out of you with this one it is entitled the sexy data tango great title and it is absolutely yeah. a reference to star trek Oh, yes. I'm, this I'm is the sort of song that you would use if you wanted to play a keep a straight face game. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's go. This, this is perfect because my name is a reference to Star Trek. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't know so, that. Wow. Yes. Commander, Commander Riker. Riker. No way. Cool. That's why you're the captain. Oh, it all makes sense now. <laughs> I thought he was the captain because he was a pirate. He's the captain because he can do everything and he can make an incredible Captain Riker cocktail. That is not so true. <laughs> that, and he makes an excellent Captain Sparrow, too. Thank oh, you, thank you. All right, let's exactly. check this out. Let's listen to the Sexy Data Tango by Voltaire. <laughs> oh, that was, I got some good chuckles out of that one. It's good. <laughs> my favorite song of all time. I think I found <laughs> it's pretty song good. I'm going to dance to my wife with at my wedding. The... <laughs> <laughs> I want a video. Oh my that. god, Bobby! Bobby, that's so good, man. Oh, I found that's good. it. I found it. That was awesome. The the uh, the lithium crystals really got me. Yeah, <laughs> I, like I was not prepared for that. That was that was a good curveball, Panya. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> You're that welcome. Was I was not ready. I had no idea what we were getting into right there. That was that was good. Good I comedy. <laughs> like he gives us some really beautiful stuff, some really fun stuff, some really, and then we get a whole album of stuff like this. He seems like a I very clever it. writer. Like he uh, seems like he's very good with words and tying things together and, and mm -hmm. metaphors and stuff like that. He seems like just a, yeah. just an excellent writer across the board. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That was funny. That was fun. Thank you for that. I never would have heard this song otherwise. 
I don't know that you would have heard any of them. I, I mean, he's no, very probably popular not, but... in certain circles, but it's not yeah. ever the sort of thing that you would hear on the radio. You have to yeah. be in the right circles in a way to to hear him. Yeah, totally. I think that's kind of how it is for most music these days. It's like it depends. It's all word of mouth, really, unless you're really, you know, only listening to the radio, which I think most people are probably not. And they're listening to like Spotify Mm -hmm. playlists and stuff like that. I feel like word of mouth is how things are and playlists like sharing playlists, I think are it's more how music gets shared these days versus like one guy making a the radio station, you know, that everyone listens to in whatever city that is, I think. So this is cool. I think this is kind of uh, the new way of uh, sharing music that people would otherwise not have experienced. Because mm-hmm. yeah. there's so much of it already. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much. And this song was like, because he always he kept coming back with new words and he had so many ideas. It's it's reminded me of I'm starting to tell a friend some profanities and my friend gets em, a bit embarrassed by them. <laughs> um, totally. And she starts recoiling and then I pause with a refrain and then I keep coming back with new ones. Yeah. And she gets she gets redder and redder. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> The first time I heard this song live, I I basically just buried my face in my husband's chest because it was oh. laugh or fall down. Yeah. It was <laughs> and so what did your husband say? He's like, I'm atomically correct too. No, no. He just laughed with me. <laughs> he just laughed with me. That's awesome. Uh, I'm sure that would be so funny live, like. It's it's pretty. The very first time he played it live, I think he debuted it at Dragon Con, and and we just all lost it. We just he, I, there's been at least one performance of this song I've been at where he had to basically pause in the middle because we couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> That's fun. That's awesome. Um, he that this these four songs are really just the merest brush with all the different kinds of music that Voltaire has created. He created uh, several songs for the Cartoon Network show The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy which he is justifiably quite proud of. No way! I love that show! Yep. That's awesome! Wow! I chose chose not to play those songs um, partly because of the fact that those are not actually my favorites. I wanted to give you my favorites. Mm. Um, but I mean, he's been releasing music, an album every couple of years for 20 years now. Um, the most recent full album was, is called Black Labyrinth and is a reflection on the movie Labyrinth. Oh, okay. And is, is really lovely and is much less, uh, much less cabaret and much more, uh, obviously uh, rock and pop than some of the other songs. Um, but it, right it's, you could just pick random songs from him and you would never quite know what you're going to get. Even on an album that will vary wildly. He does not. I think Black Labyrinth is probably one of the few albums he has where the songs truly do stick fairly closely to a single theme. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. 
this, so... I like this guy. Oh, good. You want to tell us about the kitties? You know, I don't have nearly as good of a cat story this time as I did last time. They've all been very well behaved over the last couple of weeks. Oh, well, that's good that they're uh, they're well behaved, though. I, I imagine that uh, makes for uh, an easy day slash week for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they're not in here. Right now, Mirari and Buddy are hanging out, stacked on top of each other in the top of one of the cat trees. Uh, <laughs> Michael printed, 3D printed a geodesic cat dome, which is really cute. But it hasn't been in the house long enough for them to really feel like they're used to it. So it doesn't get as much use as we wanted them. We wanted it to. But it's really cute. And I've put it under the tree. So when they decide to sleep under the tree, they can hang out in it. Uh, it's got little paw print shapes cut out of it. Yeah, they've been pretty good kitties lately. Although, I think, Jana, we just switched out cat food bags, and he left the old bag on the kitchen floor, and I think Jana crawled into it and was trying to eat the leftover cat food bits. Because I know that <laughs> bag don't move on its own. And it was definitely moving across the kitchen floor. <laughs> and with five cats, you know, we have to buy the big bags so that they'll last more than, like, two days. So we've got this bag of cat food that weighs as much as I do, with the cat in it, mm-hmm. moving around. <laughs> Bobby That's Riker, hard. do you have pets? I do not, but uh, my mom has a lot of dogs and bunnies, so I'm I'm kind of familiar with the uh, the the buying a lot of food. Let's put it that way. Um, How many bunnies is she up to now? <clears throat> bunnies, uh. I think it was 10 and I think she gave two wow. to another family. So I think she has eight maybe. Okay. So there haven't oh been gosh, any more unexpected bunlets. No. Yeah. Not that I know of at least. I think, <laughs> okay. I think she got the last one, the last male fixed in time. Okay. Uh, and, and the only reason it happened <laughs> in the beginning was uh, she was sold a, a male and they thought it was female. Oh, oops. So yeah. then he got every he got everybody pregnant because the you know what they say about bunnies it's a hundred percent true. <laughs> so he just he just yeah. impregnated all three of the other ones or maybe two of the other ones and then uh, he was probably listening to Sexy Data ten. Tango. That's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although, uh, given uh, the number of siblings you have, Riker, I can't I, I can't imagine that a a large number of a small beings in the house is unusual that's true yeah so that, that my mom is very my mom is very well trained in and she loves it i think i think her passion as a human being is taking care of people and taking care of mm. things so she loves taking care of these animals now that she doesn't have uh small children to take care of although she mm. does have three uh grandchildren so she she does help a lot mm. with those yeah well, and I imagine that Rydell could use a lot of help since they're so close together. Yes, yes. And for those of you who don't know, Rydell's my sister. She has three kids, and my mom uh, and her are, like, best friends, so she helps out a ton. Yeah. Bobby, do you have siblings? I do. I have two older brothers and a little sister. 
Oh, you're a middle child. I am. That's oh. right. That explains everything. A spoiled middle child. <laughs> See, I'd say my little only. sister is the most spoiled. Yeah. Laura's an only, and Riker and I are both eldest. So Yeah. And on the one hand, it's nice to be the eldest because you you get to experience things first and you kind of get to guide the younger siblings. And on the other hand, I don't know if Riker had this experience, but I did, where some of the strictures that were placed on me were a little loosened for my little sister. <laughs> mm, and you see that and you go, oh, uh, I'm Pretty fit. much. Oh, yeah. Pretty yeah, much. That's happened in my household, too. But especially now that we're older, my sister and I are are much closer than I think anyone expected us to be growing up. Unlike uh, Riker and his family, we were not best friends in in high school and college. We, uh, I mean, honestly, we kind of imposed it on ourselves. Our parents did not place us in competition with each other, but we're similar enough that we began to sort of unconsciously compete with each other. Uh, outside of competition for you know parental attention, which we didn't need to do. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we I, all my siblings and I played sports, so the, there was competition in uh, just about everything. <laughs> yeah, she did swimming. She did competitive swimming, but I was never. <laughs> I was going to say I was never <clears throat> skilled enough, and that's probably not quite fair. If I had applied myself the way she did, I could have become that skilled. Yeah, for sure. You could you could do anything if you just apply yourself. I chose to apply my passions to other things and yeah. became a writer and a storyteller rather than a sports person. Yep. Love it. So I would like to present an author this week that I actually think the two of you might enjoy specifically. Oh, perfect. Uh, Will White. And that's okay. W-I-G-H-T, like the type of ghost. Uh, has written a series of books called the Cradle Series. And I accidentally stumbled across them in the aftermath of Brandon Sanderson's gigantic Kickstarter thing, where he took the extra money and was supporting other authors' Kickstarters. And so I found uh, Will's Kickstarter for his first three books and started to read them and could not put them down. Ooh, and very for me, nice. as much of a reader as I am, that's actually kind of unusual. But... Hmm. The Cradle series is, it's anime on paper. It really is. Um, it's Dragon Ball Z plus Rurouni Kenshin plus, um, I can't remember the last one, but there, there are a couple of other anime. It's, it's like all of those together on paper. When I read what he's written, I can see what it would look like as an animated series. Um, oh, that's cool. We oh, he's begin. got a book called The Captain. Yeah, that's the most recent <laughs> book he's released. That's a different series. Oh, okay. Uh, it's possible that I think that's supposed to connect to his larger world space. He does kind of have an overarching world space that uh, Cradle actually addresses some of the, the bigger parts of the world space. Uh, Cradle is the name of the world that this first that the, the series takes place on. And as one of the characters tells you, it's called Cradle because it's where they keep the infants. And on the one oh. hand, that sounds like putting things down. And on the other hand, as you read deeper into the 12-book series, you come to understand that it's, it's 
it's a factual statement that uh, cradle the cradle series is what's referred to as a cultivation epic and cultivation in this sense is a very asian reference and refers to the idea of cultivating one's spirit power Mm. And so you begin with this main character, as in many cultivation epics, who is not only not powerful, but is in fact below what the standard expectation level is, that he is considered a nothing, a throwaway, um, incapable of actually becoming anything useful. And then he has a fairly dramatic, life-changing experience that induces him to go out into the larger world beyond his sheltered valley where he learns that not only is he not nothing but that the people outside his sheltered valley look down on the people in his in the place that he came from as being weak and powerless mm. and he chooses to apply himself Quite frankly, to such an extent that occasionally his uh, other teammates will tell him he's to slow down. <laughs> like, this is a man who would rather be training than sleeping. Right. That's a significant characteristic of his story. And you follow him and the friends that he makes and the allies that he encounters as they increase in power and encounter steadily more complicated uh, situations relating to what it actually means to have power and what that should be used for and how people with power interact both with people at similar levels and people below them. What oh, does that mean? <clears throat> and yet in every single book, I think there is some kind of gigantic Dragon Ball Z-esque battle where they are pulling out fancy flashy techniques and going to battle with each other and in most of the cases it makes it well in all the cases it makes sense in the story in most of the cases the battles are battles worth fighting they're not just people picking on each other mm. and that element is something that is addressed within the story that in a society where the driving force is become more powerful where power truly physical spiritual power truly does mean right what that can mean for a society as a whole how that causes people to interact with each other and by the end of the story they are literally facing down world level threats and looking outward to see cosmic level threats and yet oh interesting unlike Buffy, for example, which also, or uh, Supernatural, which also ratcheted up in that way, you were, I was not left with the sense that the author was, was running out of things to throw at them. It was, it was a, an appropriate arc of growth. And honestly, where he leaves the end of the story, I'm going, wait a minute, I need to know what happened next. You've given them the cosmic level threats. What do we do now? We don't know if they win. <laughs> and I think, although he's only released the one book in this next series, I think it may be possible that it will tie in and give me some of what I'm craving. <laughs> uh, the first book in the series is called Unsold. 
and each book in the series has a single word title that is directly reflective of the events that go on in that book. Uh, the very last book, Waybound, came out this past summer, in fact, and honestly, one of the reasons that I admire Will White as a writer and a storyteller is it's a 12-book series, and I think he put out a book every year, which honestly is pretty fast for writing. Like, that's, mm -hmm. that's intense dedication and hard work to put out a novel that is this tightly written and this well developed in that short of a space of time, honestly. Does he do other jobs? I don't know. Interests? I honestly don't know. If he does this eight hours a day, he's obviously enthusiastic about it. Yeah. I think by the time he started releasing the Cradle novels, it was his sole employment. I would have to, to do some research and find out. He has, oh, I think another dozen novels that came before this. Um, mm -hmm. But it was Cradle that caught my attention. And I don't, I don't feel that the other books are quite as well done, which is pretty standard for even really prolific authors, the earlier books are always, you know, less great because you're learning your craft and you're learning your abilities. Mm -hmm. Why does it make you think of anime? Because of the way the plot goes? Partly that and the descriptions of the abilities that they use and and the way that they, you know, they're, they're, they're talking about uh, throwing fireballs and controlling energy to generate vast storms of lightning or fly or uh, drown somebody in midair, that kind of thing. Like it's, it's very, it's very magical or, or dramatic. And I think one of the reasons, the other reasons it connects to anime is because the name structures that he uses for the first group of characters that you meet and the way that he describes the space that they live in is very Asian. And so my mind immediately went to anime instead of, of fantasy. Very cool. I'll have to, uh, have to maybe check out one of these on Audible. Are they on don't know oh that, yeah that's what i was just looking at oh okay um yeah, that's what i i like listening to novels yeah. uh as i uh as i'm like falling asleep it helps m me turn my brain off i wish that worked for me i have tried that <laughs> and i get so involved in the story i start straining my ears to listen <laughs> I, can't, I can't do books to go to sleep with yeah i, I can't tried. do like uh factual like nonfiction stuff because um, then I my brain starts thinking extra, but if I, it's yeah. a novel, I just kind of get into the story. Okay. But yeah. Anyways, this is super cool, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, would you like to tell us anything about your podcast to help induce our mousters to go listen? Uh, sure. We are. We're just. Uh, you know, we're all about positivity and spreading good mm -hmm. vibes and and having fun through uh, the occasional cocktail or cup of coffee or a cup of tea or something over a beverage and um yeah bobby and i just uh we just have a ton of fun hanging out together so we uh yeah. wanted to uh every do friday a podcast and get our friends oh wow on. you're you're more every, active yeah. than we are yeah every friday new episode wow wow check us out 
Yeah, can, where can they find you? Last full fam. Spotify, uh, Instagram, everything you uh, find anything on, really. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. You know, uh, any, anywhere you like to listen to your podcast, we'll be there. Yeah. Glass half full with Riker and Bobby. That sounds right. fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah thanks for, for having, having us. us. Super cool. I loved being able to share some of my favorite uh, music with you and one of my favorite authors. Well, it was a pleasure, and I can't wait to go push a grandma down the stairs. <laughs> oh, God. What have we done? I don't know, but I don't, I'm not responsible. I'm not responsible. It's Voltaire, and he would probably be proud. He would probably be oh, man. proud. That's great. Thank you guys so much. Y'all have a happy holidays, okay? Yeah, you Thank too. Thank you, you too. Bye-bye. Take care.